calling all queens It's time we live out our dreams It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Getting financially free and we healing and hurting It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Loving me and all my queens cause we know we are worthy It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Getting financially free and we healing the hurting It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Loving me and my queens because we know we are worthy Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the 30 Girl Podcast. It's your girl, Keisha Joe And Tia Noel. Yes, and this evening, this episode, we have a special guest, Katanya Trent, an author of um, an upcoming book. Katanya, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure, thank you, ladies. Um, hi, my name is Katanya Trent. Um, I'm an upcoming author, um, a mom to a former micro preemie, um, I am a advocate for premature birth um, and a social impact speaker. Mm. Welcome to the 30 Girl Podcast. We are so excited to have you on um, to talk about this topic that um, a lot of people don't discuss. I feel like we talk a lot about miscarriages and things like that, but no one um, really sheds light on premature birth. Um, Both all of us having children and me just coming from giving birth 18 months ago to my daughter. Um, I don't think people talk a lot about the, the, the chances of having a premature birth. Um, so your book 22 and six born on 11, 26, um, tell us about yours, your journey and your story. Um, and, uh, just everything that happened in your experience with your son. Sure. Um, Again, thank you ladies for having me and just creating um, a platform um, for just open conversations. Um, So the book 22 and 6 Born on 1126 um, is about, is a spiritual memoir um, of me giving birth, delivering my son at home alone um, four days after a routine doctor visit. Um, My son made a grand interest into the world unknowingly. I was only 22 weeks and six days pregnant. Um, you know, I thought everything was fine. I just went to the doctor. Um, I woke up that morning having cramps and felt like I was having a menstrual cycle. And I jokingly, you know, told my boyfriend, um, think I'm having contractions, not knowing I really was having contractions. Um, I ensured him everything was okay. And he went off to work. Um, but my mind and my body wouldn't allow me to go back to sleep because I knew something was wrong. And then like the cramps and the pressure started to increase and, um, my water broke and I delivered my son. Um, I was home by myself. I mm-hmm. dialed 911 and the operator, um, you know, instructed me what to do. And from that point, I started having like an out of body experience where, um, 
from like above, I could see myself lying on a couch um, doing everything. And I was like unable to feel myself like pulling my child out of me because he was halfway out. Um, it, you know, it's just an experience that to this day, I just still don't believe it happened in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like on the mission of trying to shine light and spread awareness on not just my story, but just premature awareness um, all around and um, just be open and vulnerable um, about my experience, because I feel like in our community, we don't share enough. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we look at it as a sign of weakness, but I think it's a sign of strength. Um, you can save someone's life just, you know, given your own testimony. So um, that's just kind of like the bulk. That's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Um, I feel like when being pregnant and um, going through a pregnancy, the most important thing that I feel like we need to do as women and as Black women is advocate for yourself <clears throat> and and people think like when you're pregnant like you're bothering your doctor by calling and be like hey something isn't right I don't feel right if something's not right and they're just like oh you know it's fine that's normal but really like God gifted us with gut instinct for a reason and you knew something was wrong and um you were dismissed like oh no it's fine and here you are, you delivered your son by yourself on your couch um, because you're, you were dismissed. And I don't know if you guys have recently like read stories like that of black women kind of being dismissed when they advocate for themselves um, during pregnancies or other situations um, where we're dismissed because of course they think that where we have this superhuman strength or whatever, and we can bear all these unnecessary things and then some of us end up losing our lives in these these journeys of pregnancy because no one thought to do a double check on us so Uh I'm glad that you were able to deliver your son safely and he's healthy Um, but a lot of women don't they that could have went completely left and you could have ultimately lost your life and your son's life because you were dismissed by your doctor so how does that make you feel when you think about it um you know it 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 makes me angry but at the same time I am thankful that things turned out different for me so I can share my story to to shine light on the situation um and the crazy thing is I um I didn't hear like too many stories until I was open to this world. So I hear stories all the time now and infant mortality for black women is insane. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's double, I mean, maybe even triple now compared to um, like white and Asian women. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's just so important that we shine light on topics such as this, because you have women going to the hospital every day or calling their doctors and they're being dismissed or they're being told you're acting abruptly. Um, And meanwhile, you're carrying a whole human life inside of you. Um, Mm -hmm. As black women, we're always expected to perform um, 
10 times more than anyone else on a regular basis. So to, you know, dismiss us when we're carrying a whole human inside, I think is just um, completely um, disrespectful. It really is. And the stories that you hear all the time now, um, just like, for instance, um, Shaija Washington, um, a Brooklyn mom, she lost her life, I think, in 2020 um, while giving birth. Um, it, it's just, it's sad. It really is. And I th- uh, I'm so happy that you guys were open to the topic and, and the conversation. Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. As mothers, I think, and any um, woman listening to this could definitely, um, you know, we all have a soft spot, especially during pregnancies. I think what stands out to me is that premature birth isn't really talked about. No one really, you know, get pregnant and think about what if I have the baby early. I think we think about like birth defects and like other stuff like that. So it's a lack of education in that area alone that I think that kind of um, needs to be addressed. Like, why don't we talk about that? You know? Yeah. I don't think in my pregnancy, the, my recent pregnancy, it ever dawned on me that I could have her early. Yeah. Like Like, who who brings that up? Like, is that even brought up? Right. And the doctors don't, they don't bring it up. Um, I know throughout my experience, um, like I said, um, I just had a doctor's appointment four days prior to delivering my child on the couch at home. And not one visit was the topic of premature birth brought up. Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy. That's unfortunate. So did your, what happened with your doctors after the fact, because you had just called and said that something's up, you were feeling a certain way and then you deliver your, um, your son hours later so did you did your doctors address that did they give you some type of explanation and i i would have wanted an apology for (laughs) me personally right i mean even owe me some money somebody (laughs) would have been (laughs) you know years later i'm like oh i was dumb i should have but you know what i felt like god placed me in this space for a bigger purpose Mm -hmm. than than that um but um you know what? I never received um, an answer why it happened. Um, I was brought to the nearest hospital. Then my son was transferred to another um, hospital, Stony Brook University Children's Hospital, where they have the nearest NICU. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, they tested my placenta and I never got an answer to why it happened. Mm, yeah, that's, that's scary. That's scary. That's absolutely right. scary. And I feel like when you, when, if you're, if you're, if you, if you've never been pregnant before and you really don't know what 22 weeks looks like, the, the baby is full or they say is deliverable at 36 weeks. So they, if you go into labor anytime after 36 weeks, it's okay. The baby will be able to, there's a small chance that they will have to go in the NICU after 36 weeks. But we're talking 20 one weeks right 22 20 22 weeks so back in the day they really couldn't I wouldn't say back in the day but back in the day (laughs) they really couldn't even tell the gender until around that time until 20 weeks yeah Yeah. so right they couldn't even tell the gender until that time so for you to be able to deliver how deliver him how much did he weigh 
He was um one pound and six ounces. Oh my gosh. So yeah. How do you like you said, an out of body experience? And it's so crazy because I'm sure this has kicked you into a whole different um your life has changed drastically since this happened to you, but yeah, walk us through what it was like pulling out, you know, how to handle a one pound child, like, you know. um like I said I had a true out-of-body experience where I did not feel myself myself touch him and pull him Mm. all the way out um my doctor um excuse me the 911 operator was telling me to get all the fluid out of his mouth out of his eyes um we were still connected by the umbilical cord Mm -hmm. um I was doing what she was telling me to do, but I didn't feel a thing. Um, and that's how I know I was being um, guided and protected by my guardian angels because yeah. I did not feel one thing. Um, and even just looking at his face, it was just blurred out to me. I just saw like a kind of like a brownish bluish blur. Oh wow! Um, it's like you're you're you went into shock, but your body and your everything else just took over, and it yes. shielded you from what you were seeing. Like oh, yeah. that's the 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 mind body spirit is crazy to me. It is. <laughs> it is wonderfully. And, and, and I think us women sometimes um, don't know our strength. Like that's the craziest part. Like super super woman, mm-hmm. superhuman. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so crazy. I just could, I couldn't imagine. Me neither. Here, like, I mean, neither. I'm just literally trying, <laughs> having given birth to two babies, one naturally, the other one via C section. I'm like, I could never. <laughs> I, yeah. I could never. Like, I like, just no been medicine. Like, nothing. I mean, just like, imagine fighting and, you know, your first child, not knowing, like you said, what Braxton Hicks con- contractions were. You were just right. joking. You really didn't know what any of that was. Um, and even at 22 weeks, I don't think that's the discussion that your doctors are even having with you that this is what it feels like. I don't mm-hmm. think that starts to come until maybe like that 32 yeah. to 36, right. like you said before, it's considered full term. So, right. yeah, that's crazy. No, and, that, and I think that's a problem because um, when I stepped behind the NICU doors, I mean, it was flooded with premature babies. I'm like, I'm in the secret society that nobody talks about in there, you know, and this is every day. Now I'm just hearing more stories and you have connections for life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, why did I have to be thrown into this situation to find out about premature birth? Mm. You know? So what have you learned um, along this journey and walk us through what it was like until you brought him home? Because I'm sure it took, you know, months of, I don't want to call it rehab, but, you know. It was, yeah, it was, um, it was tough. Um, every day was different. Um, he spent six months in the NICU. Um, literally every day was different. And for the first few months of his life, they couldn't even tell us if he would survive or not. Oh my gosh. Um, it, it was a true battle. It really was, um. You know, I thank God for the staff, um, the nurses that were bedside with him every day. They were really good. Um, I would try to, after 
after coming to and coming out of shock, um, I started to like journal, write stuff down on a daily basis because it was just so much information to intake every day. Um, I have a background in accounting, so the medical stuff was like foreign language to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff I didn't even understand, so I would write it down and look it up or even like um, ask the nurses questions. Most of the time, the doctors will explain things to you in medical, full medical terms, like you're a medical student. Um, and the nurses will kind of like break it down into, you know, in more of a, a way for us to understand. Um, but it was tough. It really was, you know. Um, I think, like I said, thank God for, for the nursing staff, um, for my family. Um, they kept us lifted in prayer all the time. Um, for, you know, the friends and just, it it really was a journey, but I couldn't, I had to realize that when we would reach like little milestones here and there to celebrate those milestones, mm-hmm. take a moment, appreciate him as he is today and to not get ahead of yourself. Um, and I think that's a model I try to live through in life now, um, to appreciate and just celebrate those small milestones or those small um, accomplishments in life. Um, We always want to, you know, celebrate the big thing, but it's okay to stop and celebrate the small things um, because we might not even be here tomorrow to even get the big thing accomplished. Um, So that was a true big lesson for me just to kind of step back and appreciate things how they are today and not, get so caught up in tomorrow Mm -hmm. and emotionally I'm sure that um took a big toll on you just natural Um, as a mom and as a woman it's like okay so what what did I do wrong or what was going you know what went what went wrong with my body even not having answers I'm sure there had to been some um some time in there where you kind of you know beat yourself up over the shoulda, coulda, would Oh yeah, and in the beginning, pregnancy. in the beginning stages, um, that was a big thing. This is my fault. Why did this happen to me? Um, there's one particular nurse I would call her my therapist. She would get on her knees and look at me in my eyes and say, "Like Katanya, this is not your fault. You know, you did everything you could." Um, even my boyfriend, he was, you know, by my side, you know, every step of the way. But for a long time, it was even hard for me to see um, small children without breaking down. Um, Mm. Because like you said, the emotional toll, you know, you're not. It's weird because it's like you're not mourning death, but you are mourning like life that should have been that should continue to be growing inside of you. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is kind of like stages of grief that you go through. Um, that I experience. Absolutely. I, I feel like life robbed you of that, like, true birth and experience where it's like you're surrounded by people that you love and, like, you're pushing hee hee hoo hoo in through the contractions <laughs> and yeah. then you get to hold your baby and then you get to take your, your newborn home in a couple of days. So you were ultimately robbed of that experience. Your experience was just different. Um 
So yeah, I that emotional toll for me would for any woman I feel like would you would just be mourning that experience because we all looked forward to that in our pregnancy mm-hmm. to to have that moment where you're giving birth um to your to your and celebrating that moment. It's a moment mm-hmm. of celebration so you were definitely robbed of that experience. Yeah. Right. Even those later stages in your pregnancy like the true kicks and mm-hmm. um yeah well you're you're very strong absolutely thank you i'm just sitting here in awe because (laughs) i literally could literally don't know how how anybody survives that i just know i think for me my second pregnancy i was more hyper aware of everything that was going on within my pregnancy than i was with my first my first i didn't know what was going on like was that a kick was a gas like I didn't <laughs> but with my second I do feel like I was more aware of what was going on whether she was moving whether she was not moving and like when I interviewed my doctor <clears throat> because really when you pick a doctor and you choose them to birth your baby it is an interview for them mm-hmm. like they're not picking you you're ultimately picking them and I was asking her all the questions like do you have any um hidden biases against women of color Uh (laughs) like I would just like to know you're a white woman but I noticed in her practice all of her um all of the doctors were women it was a women's clinic Mm -hmm. all of there were there were nurses that were women of color there were Spanish women there were Indian women so like I looked at that as, okay, this is not a clinic full of white women who are going to treat me like the, or like a black woman. Like I was rotated like through all the doctors and I was, I was able to ask those same questions and I felt comfortable enough with her, um, to allow her to deliver the baby. Um, and then I was just like, I'm, I, I want to know that you're available. She was like, any time of the day you can call me or you can use your little chat messaging app and I, I probably bothered this woman about the dumbest things while well, I was <laughs> using face face wash that I wasn't sure that I was supposed to be using so I would take a picture of it and then send in a little chat app like is this okay for me to use on my face and and within 20 minutes she would be writing me back yes Tia that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like you when you know and when you go into these appointments with these doctors, like you need to be interviewing them and you need to ask them the tough questions. And if they get annoyed by those tough questions, like you're not supposed to be asking them, they're not the doctor for you. And really, they should appreciate you doing your homework. They should appreciate you looking in on their background to make sure that they don't have any malpractice suits or X, Y, Z. Um, but she really appreciated the fact that I asked the hard questions like, was right. she going to tell me that she don't like black people in her spare time? Probably not. No, no, of course not. <laughs> she but, didn't want those problems. <laughs> but I mean, you, you can see it in the practice. You can see it in the people that work for her. You can see it in the staff that were there. Um, so I felt comfortable enough for that. But most people will tell you that you as a black woman should go with a black doctor because they have the same experiences as you and they know you're not superhuman, et cetera, et cetera. So I say that to say, 
go into these appointments with these doctors asking the hard questions. You're interviewing them because you're trusting them with your life and the life of your child. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid to grill these doctors. Don't be afraid to bug them. Don't be afraid to call them after one o'clock in the morning because you can't tell if it's gas or a contraction. Right. that's yeah. why the insurance pays them the big money and the big bucks because they're getting paid for that so believe me they're gonna charge you for that 1 a.m phone call about gas so <laughs> yeah. use it up <laughs> right use it up. yeah and ex and always expect and be ready for the unknown um just in hearing your story it's like mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> i can't even i can't even i can't find the words i'm sitting yeah, here like lost oh my words. goodness I, it is it's a lot so tell us about your book and tell us um, why it's important for you to write it and some of the um, what's going to be in it and when we can expect to um, hopefully see it in the future. Sure. So um, like I said, the title is called 22 and 6, um, born on 1126. Um, so I take you on a spiritual journey of the birth of my son, um, and then what I do is dive into um, the NICU journey, the six-month NICU journey. Um, and just to give you, like, some examples, um, my son was born at 22 weeks, so, like, his eyes weren't open. We had to wait for that. Mm. Um, I didn't get a chance to hold him right away. Um, so, you know, I take you on different journeys and different avenues of some of the first that we got a chance to experience because it didn't happen the day of or the next day or the next month you know it took time so um and even just taking you on a emotional roller coaster of what someone um could be experiencing emotionally physically um who may have experienced having a traumatic birth experience um and I also want to give insight to those who who may know someone going through this. So you can look at it in a way of, okay, well, let me help her out. Let me see what is it that you need? Because going through this experience, I didn't know what to needed at the time. You know, people will ask me, what do you need? What can we help with? And I'm like, I have no idea. So mm -hmm. um, just kind of want to give insight, um, not only to share my story, but just to bring awareness um, of, of, of premature birth and what, a family could be going through and even just, you know, the aftermath of things. So um, I'm excited to share. Um, and I feel like God placed me in this position to, to share. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like this is my mission. Um, it left a permanent scar on my heart. So here I am um, telling my story and you should expect to, um, see books out on the shelf this summer of 2022 i'm excited yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome it is amazing it's crazy how uh life experiences good and bad both you know literally birth and create amazing things out of us and like yeah. you said it, it's something that needed to happen obviously to kick you um kick you in high gear you, <laughs> you just never you just never know um, the Lord has a crazy way of doing things, making his, you know, plans come oh, to pass. Yeah. So. That's just like us women. We will turn a, a, a hard thing into purpose. Yeah. 
Yes. They say pressure makes diamonds, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> and don't nobody okay. know pressure like a black woman, honey. Yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. We Sorry draw. to all our unmelanated <laughs> listeners out there, y'all. We we love y'all too. But we do. We yeah. love y'all too. But listen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think this is a good episode to kick off. March is uh, Women's History Month. Um, and this is a part of women's history, you know, Black women's history. I, I, and it's crazy because I think now is a time where we're seeing so many different scenarios from birth to entrepreneurship and motherhood and everything's kind of being talked about. Um, doulas and midwives are, it's not such a secret anymore. And I think this, in this mm-hmm. case, would have been such a great experience for you, you know, had mm-hmm. you had the education or just, you know, the tools. I, I think we're, we're still lacking in the, that area very much. No, absolutely. You know, um, and the crazy thing is um, I switched doctors um, in the beginning stages of my pregnancy because you know how you have to see every doctor just in case. Mm-hmm. That one doc, and there were a few male doctors within the office that I, I just weren't comfortable. I never had a male um, examining examine me in that way. So I switched over to a group of midwives, all women. And that was, again, a big part of like, oh, did I, you know, blaming myself? I just switched doctors, you know, mm-hmm. I did this. So, um, yeah, I just think we have to start educating ourselves. Um, we have to start sharing with one another and just being vulnerable and real and just continue to support each other um, throughout our, our life journeys. 100%. I'm with you on that. I don't take my my uh, card to <laughs> know to somebody who's not a mechanic. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My gynecologist is a woman. Sorry. I don't want no males. You don't have it. You don't know what I'm feeling. You can't, you can't learn this in these cramps in no book. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give you guys, you know, a different perspective. My daughter was delivered by a male gynecologist. He worked, he worked at a woman's center though. Like it's so crazy. He was the only male there. Was it Dr. Davies? Yes. Yeah. Now he's not a. Then I'm gonna tell you something. And Dr. he was black. Doctor Davies is oh, different. Doctor Doctor Davies seemed he he didn't he seemed like to me that he liked to wear women's panties. I'm just trying to tell oh, you. Okay. Yeah. I can yeah. See so he yeah, he get that. a pass. Yeah. Okay. He get a yeah. pass. But and he did really well with me. Um. Of course, when you go to to a woman's center, I I saw all the doctors there, mm-hmm. but um, I was already familiar with him. He was on call that night. You know. That was decades ago at this point. Yeah. So, so Katanya, before we jump off, and we'll let everyone, um, you can share your social media um, information with everyone, but would you do it all over again? I know your son is four now, um, but would you, you know, do motherhood twice? Would you go go right now? um, That's a really good question. I don't know um, because. I'd probably be so afraid that I'm going to deliver my child at 22 weeks mm-hmm. that um, I don't know if I will be able to enjoy or even get comfortable with the pregnancy. Mm. Um, so it's something that um, I would love to have another child, but 
I don't know if I'm giving birth would be the yeah. route. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm still healing and, you know, going through um, the motions, but it's something that I think about because it was a true surprise, a roller coaster, a shock to this day. I'm still like, did this really happen to me? Yeah. And I'm sure you're still, yeah. And you're still (laughs) enjoying him and his life and him being there. So not to rush anything, but Mm -hmm. right. I'm sure it crosses your mind. Oh yeah, it does. It does. Um, And he's such a, a lovable little boy and so silly and just like to run around and play and keep me busy. So, um, yeah and just by uh you know growing up with people who were premature kids they're always the tall one they're like the biggest one oh my god they're the strongest one that's so crazy yes (laughs) i know a free preemie babies and they like were as very athletic like very athletic my Very dad strong. was my dad was actually a preemie. He was one pound when he was born, really? and that's why that wow. that's how he got his his nickname Peanut because he was the size oh. of a peanut when he was born, and he is will knock you down um, <laughs> ten flights of steps. Let me yes. tell you something. He is the strongest man I know when it comes mm-hmm. to his strength. Like he, so he. Let me tell you, your son's finna be out here playing big ball. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, knocking people down with these streets. Yes. yes, he is not one to be messed with when he got older. So, yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your journey and sharing your story. And we are so happy that this d- does have a happy ending for you. Mm-hmm. Um, your son's happy and healthy, um, even though he came into this world. Um, a little unorthodox. <laughs> he he wanted to meet his mommy that bad. He's like, you yeah. know what? I can't wait okay. another twenty weeks. I need yep. to meet this lady now. <laughs> He's like, I'm coming through before yep. Christmas. Everything. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, share with the listeners your social media handles so we can be out below on the lookout for the release of your book. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Cat Trent. It's K A T. T-R-E-N-T underscore 22. Um, I have a website that's in the works right now. So um, you can um, find that information on my social media once everything is up. And if you're looking for a social impact speaker to speak on premature awareness, I'm available. You can hit me up um, on my email. It's Katanya Trent, K-A-T-O-N-Y-A, T-R-E-N-T at yahoo.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tanya, thank you and so good luck. Much. Thank you, ladies. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yes. And if you want to be a guest on the 30 Girl Pod to do, drop us a line, hit us up in the DMs, email. Um, we would love to have you on as a guest to talk about things that you're passionate about, your businesses. It's open discussions here at the 30 Girl Podcast. Yes. Um, so we would love to women have you on as women. a guest. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Later, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>